Welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. This is the fourth message in our series, Relationship Rehab. We think you're going to enjoy it. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. Okay. Super special morning. Uh, If you guys could not tell by the couch and the coffee table and the vibes, this is an extremely special morning. If this is your first time at Kingdom Church, uh, my name's Harrison. Uh, I'm the pastor here, and this is my beautiful wife, Christy. Come on, yeah, you can, you can clap your hands for that. Now, if you're, if you're not uh, familiar or if you are new here, uh, you need to know that what's happening right now does not usually happen. Yeah. In fact, this is the very first time in the history of this church that Christy is up here. So can we make some noise one more time? Make her feel welcome. So good. Christ, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. My heart's kind of beating. Or the kids slept for two hours last night. So. Or because you're sitting next to me. Come on, somebody. So good. <laughs> he has to make that joke. Um, man, just uh, really, could, could you hear her mic well? Yep. Closer? Is it on? I feel like. I don't know if it's even on. It's, it's, it's a wired mic, so just talk oh. into it. Can you hear me? Is it on? It's not on. I didn't think I'd turn it on. Can maybe grab another mic? Um, I'll set this up. All right, fantastic. Uh, so we're in part four of our series, Relationship Rehab. Can you make some noise if you've been here for any part of this series? <laughs> Matt, has, has this series been helping anyone? Yeah. yeah. You guys, a few people. Anyone, anyone been catching up online? You've missed something? You've caught up online? Anyone? Yeah. Amazing. So good. How's uh, this one? There we go. Good? And we're back. I was going to say that I was excited to finally have a microphone in my hand because... There's a lot of major exaggerations that are made about me up here. Like, I, would, I didn't think that I was the bachelorette. Like, let's just get one thing straight. Isn't that something the bachelorette would say? <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, super excited for part four uh, of this series. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little bit different sitting down here. I don't feel like I can, I can see you guys as well as I usually can, but uh, yeah, we're just so happy that you guys could be here, that you could join us um, in this series. What we've been doing, uh, we've just been really taking a deep dive into relationships. We haven't really um, necessarily parked in any one place, whether that be marriage, dating, or family. Uh, we've kind of tried to go everywhere, kind of tried to hit every single base. Uh, this morning, we want to go in that same route. We want to hit every single base, but probably more specifically than anything else in this series, uh, we're talking all about marriage, because yeah. uh, we are married, and so uh, what better way? So what we're going to be doing this morning, uh, we're going to talk about marriage, talk about relationships. Uh, our plan is, and the reason we're up here together, is because we kind of want to share things from two perspectives. Mm-hmm. We want people to hear what my perspective perspective is on stuff, what Christy's perspective, kind of like the, yeah. the, the, the man's perspective, the woman's perspective. Yeah. Um, and so I'll preface with this because a lot of you guys are sitting there. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, and, and this is just a story. You can judge me or, or not. Maybe you guys agree. Um, I work out at LA Fitness, um, and I should say I used to work out. I, <laughs> I'm there occasionally. Um, you have a membership. But yeah, I pay for it. I'll say that. I pay for a membership. Uh, but since kids, come on, somebody. Um, but at the gym, we have a bunch of personal trainers. Does any of you guys go to a gym with personal trainers? Um, now, I'm not here to judge anyone. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. But one thing that's always kind of confused me, um, at our gym, there's a number of personal trainers that are out of shape. And so it's always been like kind of confusing to me when someone who's out of shape is training someone to get in shape. Okay. And so like that's just... That anyone else like that? Anyone? Just, just me? You guys can judge me. Because um, I'm kind of like... They're like, judging you. <laughs> Not one hand was raised. <laughs> That's okay. You can raise... I can see your hearts are raised. Um, but like, it's kind of like, right, like if, you, if, you're, if you're teaching someone about something, you should have experienced it. That's kind of what my thought is a lot of the times. And now, uh, I say that to preface. As Christy and I are up here, uh, a lot of you guys in this audience, um, you have more relational experience than we do. Like, we've been married for just almost four years, not quite four years, um, really three and a half, probably closer than four. Um, And so we know we have people that have been married for 20 years, 25 years. We have people that have adult children. We have people that are grandparents. And so it might be easy for the same way I look at that trainer at the gym. Maybe some of you guys look at us and it's like, what can you guys really tell us? Like, you guys have barely even experienced anything. But it's funny because one thing I've realized, um, and this goes for trainers and this goes for us here this morning, um, good advice is good, 
no matter who says it. Yeah. Good advice is good if it's good, right? And so the reality is whether you follow it or not, that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we're going to be sharing today, this morning, like we're going to be sharing things that I think is good advice. Um, and a part of the reason I believe that it's good advice is because what we've been doing in this whole series is everything that we've done has been based on the Bible. Right. And so if you're new to our church, we're, we're, we're a Bible church. Everything that we do comes from the Word of God. And so um, I think that, you know, we may not have experienced everything. Like, we just had kids, and I know some of you guys have had kids for, you know, 18 years. And, and so what can we really say? But the reality is that's why we're going to be in the Word. Um, not so much so it's our opinions, but kind of what, what God has to say and how that practically looks in our lives and, and hopefully in your lives. So uh, we're just super excited for that. And so all that to say... We come here humbly before you yeah. and uh, just believe in that God has something to share with each and every one of us. Yeah. So throw it over to my wife. <laughs> um, for those of you guys that don't know, my name's Christy, and like you said, I'm his wife. And just because today we're sharing about relationships, we're, we're sharing a lot about transparency, I'm going to share a little bit about our story with you guys just to start it off. Come on. So let's go back to 2011 where we first met. We, fe- we met in our freshman year. And uh, if you guys were here... Of college. Of college. Not high school. (laughs) What, you guys call it freshman year in Alberta? We're a little bit older than that. Continue. (laughs) Of college. Um, And so, um, yeah, if you guys were here two weeks ago, you saw that embarrassing Facebook message. Were you guys here last week? Did you see that? Totally my roommate, not me at all. Um, Delete the past is the past. That should have been deleted a long time ago. We started hanging out first semester. Uh, by the end of that first semester, we were in Harrison's car, and he replayed his favorite Coldplay song about ten times to really pump him up. And then, and then he told he told me that he liked me. I like being up here. I'm able to get my you know point across. Um, so then we went for Christmas break. We came back after Christmas break in January. Um, he asked me if I would be his girlfriend. Aww, and. Uh, as any bachelorette would say, I told him that I need the night to think about it. Don't know why I said that. Next day, I told him that I'd be his girlfriend. We dated for about four years. Fast forward to 2016 when we got married. Yes. And uh, we, yeah, for about three years, we, what do you call it? This, you don't call it a single married life. That's swingers. You call it, we are just married without kids. About three months ago, we uh, just came into this new season um, where we had our twin girls. And yeah, it's a season. Yeah, let's go. It's just a season of, you know, chaotic amazingness and it's new adventures every day. And um, yeah, I can honestly say that in this season, I've never loved Harrison more than I do right now. Oh, so good. (laughs) Same, same. Um. Yeah, I should also say, um, we kind of like, we outlined what we were saying, but we didn't go over it, so a lot of stuff, I'm hearing for the first time, so come on somebody, my heart can melt, right? Um, so yeah, that's kind of our story, we've been together, I think all in all, close to eight or nine years, yeah. um, dating, engaged, all that good stuff, and so yeah, that's our story, uh, what we want to do this morning, uh, we just want to hit on three things, mm-hmm. three components that we think can lead to healthier relationships. And so uh, this list by no means is exhaustive. We don't no. think this is everything you ever need in a relationship. Um, if we wanted to dig that deep, we'd probably be here for hours and hours and hours. So we kind of brought it down to three things that we think are relevant, three things that um, maybe you've had questions on. What does this look like? Uh, how does this play out in relationships? And so the three things that we're going to hit on this morning um, is commitment, submission, and intimacy. Yeah. Commission, commitment, submission, and intimacy. Yeah. So we're really excited. Uh, so right now we're going to start with commitment. And uh, as we get into commitment, we're going to start in, in the book of Ephesians. Um, this is a book of the Bible written by Paul. And uh, we're going to be in Ephesians for a lot this morning. Um, and so this, this passage that we're reading here, um, it's actually not specifically a relationship passage. It's more of a general passage, but I think the principles within it really work well with relationships. And so that's where I want to start. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul is writing uh, to the church in Ephesus. He says this. He says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. 
Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to the one glorious hope for the future. So there's just so much good stuff. So we're going to take some time, and all of this falls under the umbrella of commitment. Uh, we're going to take some time sussing it out. Uh, one thing that Christy and I really felt, uh, especially as we got married, and we were fairly young when we got married. We were 23 years old. And I mean, in church world, like, that's not too young, but like, come on, like 18-year-old Christians, maybe some of you guys have been there. Um, but like, generally speaking, like, in, in society, we got married pretty young. And one thing that we kind of felt is that like, there was really this negative perception of marriage. Um, just in general, like one thing we heard over and over again was like, oh, do you really want to be tied down forever? Yeah. Right? Like, oh, don't you want to have fun? Don't you want to experience life? And we just found like there was kind of this negativity. And I'll never forget that I had this one friend um, and he was married uh, probably for about two years before we got married. And one thing that he would always say, um, no matter what anyone asked him about his marriage, he would only say marriage is the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. He said, I love being married. Get married. And I really always admired that because he just had this, this unending, uh, I guess, commitment to let people know that marriage was awesome. And so I kind of felt like for, for Chris and I, one thing that we were called to do was to, to give people a perception of what marriage could be and just the beauty that marriage actually is. Yeah. And now, um, I'll preface by saying this, because actually, I'm going to go back to the verse. Let's go to Ephesians 4, verse 1. It says this. It's there, it says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Now understand this, the essence and the context in which Paul is speaking, he's talking about being a Christian. That's what he's talking about, right? Mm -hmm. He's saying, live a life worthy of the, your calling, your highest calling. Our highest calling in life is to bear the name of Christ. Yeah. And so what he's saying is this, in essence, he's saying, if you call yourself a Christian, he's like, there's, there's some weight that comes with that. Don't just call yourself a Christian and think you can do whatever you want to do. Y'all ever been on Instagram before and you see someone's bio with Bible verses and Christians and then it's all them half naked? I'm like, that's not what Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. That's not what it means. And so what Paul is saying, though, Paul is saying, if you call yourself a Christian, live a life worthy of that calling because there's a weight with that title. Yeah. Now listen, this, this is why I wanted to bring this into marriage because, and where I'm going is I think that marriage and to be married, to be a husband, to be a wife, that is a high calling. Mm -hmm. Now I, what I wanted to preface was this because if, the, if, if outside of the church sort of has this negative perception of marriage, a lot of times inside the church has this like idolizing of marriage where it's like if you're not married, you're not complete, you're missing something. Come on, who is here for week one? Right? We said that you can be single and secure. We said that, that you were created with value. You don't need no man. You don't need no woman. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And so if marriage is kind of trashed outside the church a lot of times, if it's idolized in the church, um, the reality is this. And I think what the Bible teaches is that marriage is God's idea, but it's not God's ideal. Mm -hmm. Meaning that you don't have to be married to be living a life that God wants you to live. Does that make sense? Yeah. But here's where I'm going now. However, if you choose to be married, yeah. if you choose to be a husband, if you choose to be a wife, you have now entered into a high calling. Mm -hmm. And so what Paul would say, Paul would say, if you consider yourself a wife, if you consider yourself a husband, live a life worthy of that calling. Live a life worthy of that title. This is where commitment comes in. Be committed to that title. Because here's the reality I know, because I talk with all of you guys. For the most part, if you're a working person, you are very proud of your job. You bear that title, right? Like, I'm a teacher. I'm a doctor. I'm a nurse. Whatever it may be. And so we're proud of that, and we live a life worthy of that. But when it comes to marriage, when it comes to that role of husband and wife, I think a lot of the times, as time goes on, we don't take it as seriously. Yeah. We let other roles come in, uh, that define us even more so. But I love what Paul is saying. Paul is saying be committed to the calling. Take it seriously. This is what a marriage vow is, right? I'm vowing in front of my family, in front of my friends, in front of God that I'm taking my role seriously. This is the commitment that I've made. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Commitment, you know, it's the essence of marriage. And within marriage, there's there seems to be two different mindsets. There's this consumer mindset and this covenant mindset. This consumer mindset, it says, you know, I'm in it for the convenience. I'm in it until it's no longer convenient. You know, it's the me mindset. For yeah. example, 
Save on Foods is right, be right behind our house, and I absolutely love shopping there. You know, it has what I need. Um, the layout is nice. They give me this more rewards card, get, like, coupons and discounts. Cool. Like, it's all good. But, you know, if one day Sobeys comes into the picture, I'm 100% willing to go. If it satisfies my needs, if it has something different, if it has what I want and fulfills what I need, I'm 100% willing to go. This is that consumer. It's convenient. It's the me mindset. Yeah. On the other hand, we have this covenant mindset. Uh, it says it's not about me and I'm in it forever. Yeah. For example, you know, our, our twin girls, you know, They've never thanked me. They've never told me that they've loved me. They've never given me anything. You know, they've never, like, they've hardly even smiled at me. But, you know, I've made the choice to say, regardless of my feelings, and in all honesty, like, at 4 a.m., there are a lot of feelings. I'm making the choice to say, I will lay down my life for you, sacrificing every second of every day because you, I have chosen you. You know, I'm not in this convenient, in this yeah. for convenience. It's not about me. I will sacrifice my life for you. Yeah. You know, in today's society, I think a lot of times we as people, we've, we've missed the essence of marriage. You know, who of you guys have, like, who out there has heard, um, I need to find that perfect mate. I, I need to find that compatible mate. I need, I need to find somebody that won't change me and, and you know, I'm not going to change them. I need to find somebody that will never disagree with me. But, you know, with that mindset, with that mindset, we have lost the essence of marriage. Yeah. You know, listen to this. Deep, um, within marriage, deep character change comes through deep friendship. Yeah. Did you guys catch that? Say it again. <laughs> deep character change comes through deep friendship. That's the essence of marriage. You know, if you're not being refined within your marriage, yeah. if you're, if you haven't, if you aren't on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, there's something off. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, not I think, I know marriage is an example of God's love. And God's love, it doesn't leave us where we're at. It's committed to bettering us in every single way. So good. And, you know, this covenant mindset, this is the mindset that is needed in marriage. This covenant mindset, it's law, which is commitment, what we're talking about, and love merging together into one. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I think people in society, we, we think that this commitment, this level of commitment, this covenant thinking, it, it'll, it will enslave us, you know, it'll tie us down. But it actually does the opposite. It's very freeing, you know, it creates a safe, this secure place to be vulnerable, to be transparent, to yeah. be raw, to be real. You know, knowing that your spouse isn't going to leave out of convenience. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. This relationship, it's long-term and it's binding. Yeah. You know, within commitment, we no longer have to be enslaved by our impulses, you know, by our feelings, by our emotions, by our lust. It's long-term and it's binding. You know, we no longer have to be in like that marketing and promotion season. You guys know that season? You know, where you think your partner's perfect and they think you're perfect. Sometimes it lasts into honeymoon phase. But mine, mine hasn't worn off. <laughs> That's not true love. It's true infatuation. It's infatuation. But, you know, knowing that your partner is committed and that, you know, they chose you, are choosing you every day and will continue to forever choose you, it creates this security for you to be transparent, to be real with them. And, you know, it, it cultivates a culture within your marriage of openness. Yeah. So good. I want to um, just kind of hit back on what Christy was talking about, about, like, the role of a mother. Um, I think that, like, for the most part, like, moms out there, uh, that's a role you take very seriously, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, Mama Bear, right? Like, <laughs> and it's, it's funny because, like, that's, that's something that you don't have to explain, right? Like, mm -hmm. that's your role, and so I take this role seriously. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times, too, just that was such a good point that um, it's any role in life, right? If you have a role, Paul, live a life worthy of that calling, right? Yeah. And so that's what we're really saying, like, right? If you have that role of, of, um, of husband and wife, but even get this, right? Like, if you get to that point where it's like, that's my boyfriend. That's my girlfriend. Um, you need to live a life worthy of that calling. Yeah. Now, last week we had some boundaries in place, 
right? But that doesn't mean that you have no other callings, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you need to live a life worthy of being a girlfriend, worthy of being a boyfriend. If you're single, right? Like, live a life worthy of that, where it's like, man, my my worth and my value is in Christ, right? And that's for all of us. So uh, just, yeah, really like that point. And I think the essence is too, like, when we're committed, when we have commitment, why we wanted to talk about this so much was that commitment changes how you treat the relationship. Yeah. It's like this, like, you guys may, may have experienced this. When you rent a house... Versus if you buy a house, you treat it very differently, Yeah. right? You plan very differently. It's like, oh, this isn't my forever home, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat it a little bit differently. And so that's why when we come into marriage, right, like we need to come in. This is my forever home until one of us dies, hopefully me, right? Like that's, this is, I'm not, I'm not leaving. And so what happens though is like we come in without the commitment yeah. and then we get into trouble. And I think one of the, the, one of the biggest places that a lack of commitment can like rear its ugly head uh, is during conflict. It's yeah. in conflict. Um, and so commitment and conflict go hand in hand. And I'm very intentional in our marriage. Um, I'll say conflict. I won't say fighting. Um, Christy and I have never fought. Because the reality is when you fight, that connotates that there's a winner and there's a loser. Mm-hmm. But within marriage, if we're fighting, yeah. if I win and she loses, the reality is we actually both lost. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's... So there's no, there's no fighting within marriage, but there is conflict. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Right? Like there, is, there is conflict, but commitment changes how we handle conflict. Yeah. When you know you're in something forever, when you know, like, I have to see this person for the rest of my life, it changes how you enter conflict. Yeah. So many people enter conflict without realizing I'm actually going to see that person again. Yeah. Right? And that's why you need a covenant mindset. Where it's like, I'm going to be very careful with what I say because I'm going to be with that person forever. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to confess, Christy and I, this last weekend, um, we were watching a show on Netflix called Love is Blind. (laughs) Listen, we need something when we feed the babies because like one feeds like an hour, the episode's 57 minutes. We watched four this weekend, pray for us. Um, But this show, the show, the premise of this show, it's like, it's really stupid. And hilarious. Um, I hate it, but I love it. Um, <laughs> but these guys see each other. Uh, well, they don't see each other, and they have to propose yeah. by the end of it if they want to. Love is blind. Um, and so what happens, though, like in the show, it's so funny. This one couple, um, they got to their honeymoon or pre-honeymoon, whatever. Everything's messed up in that show. Uh, <laughs> um, and this couple got into an argument. And it was so funny because this argument, it really revealed their mindset. Because what happened within the midst of this argument, after like one second the guy and the girl both started to physically insult each other. Yeah. Like insult what the person actually looks like. And that, that's their mindset, right? Because here's the reality. If you actually, and this is why the show's a joke. Uh, if you actually have a mindset that I'm going to be with this person forever, yeah. would you really insult someone physically? Like, that's not going to change, right? <laughs> and so what I'm saying, the point I'm trying to bring out is that commitment, the reason commitment is so important is because it changes how we handle conflict. Yeah. Um, I love what Paul says in verse 2. He says, always be gentle, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now, here's what I want to bring out, bring out from this. Here's the reality. I love Chris. Chris is my girl. You guys know I always talk great about her. No matter what anyone says about anyone, every single one of us has faults. That's just the reality. That's just, that's just the truth. Mm. One of the reasons people will most likely say you should date for a little bit is because you need to see that person's faults yeah. because they are there and they are coming. So don't, don't confuse yourself to think anyone <laughs> is perfect. But what Paul is saying, Paul is saying, though there are, lo- there are faults, make allowance because of your love. Mm-hmm. Now listen to this though. What Paul is talking about here is not human love. Yeah. It's not like that emotion that you feel. It's funny because like I went, uh, I've, I've been to one wedding in my life that wasn't um, done by like a pastor or a priest and it was a justice of the peace. And so I was already a pastor at the time and I was very interested to see how a justice of the peace would marry someone because I've never been there. And it was really funny just like I was listening to their, their sermon. It wasn't very good. Um, but <laughs> the essence of what this girl was saying over and over again, she just said, you know what? She said, love is going to keep you together. Love is going to be there in the morning. Love is going to be there in the night. Love, And I was just like, love, 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 love. And I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, because here's the reality. What Paul is speaking about here, he's saying make allowance because of your love. But it's yeah. not human love he's speaking about. 
because human love is fleeting. Mm -hmm. Human love is often based on emotion. Human love is based on circumstance. And so what Paul is saying, he's saying we make allowance for each other's faults because of a higher type of love. Yeah. Because of the love of God. Because here's the thing. Love not based on anything larger than yourself is actually shallow and fleeting. That's what Paul is saying. Mm -hmm. It's shallow and fleeting. In other words, it's going to go away. You may think you love each other so much, oh my gosh, forever and ever. But that feeling, that's what Christy's talking about, yeah. infatuation, which we confuse with love, mm -hmm. is fleeting. Yeah. But I love what he's saying, though. He's saying we make allowance, we forgive because of the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. It's because Jesus. It's because of Jesus. Someone say because. Because. Of Jesus. of Jesus. It's because of Jesus that yeah. we're able to forgive. It's not based on ourselves. Because here's the reality. The, the Bible says well, there's flesh and there's spirit. Can I tell you what flesh wants? That's just like me. I want to win. Right? Like I want everyone to, and this is, again, this is for all relationships. I want people to see my perspectives. I want to be right. But Paul says make allowance for each other's love because, uh, faults because of your love. I'll give yeah. you guys an example. Um, and I see we're on the first point, and it's 11.55. Lord, pray for kids. Um, <laughs> so a few weeks back, uh, Christy and I, uh, we kind of got into um, an argument. Um, just being open and honest here. And uh, it, it, was, it was one of those <laughs> things where, like, um, you guys need to know I'm a pastor, and so I like to communicate. And so, like, when we argue, sometimes, like, I'll bring in vivid illustrations and, you know, just <laughs> prove the point. <laughs> uh, but long story short, it, it became an argument because Christy kind of, got ticked off because she didn't feel like I was, you know, hearing what she was saying and all these things. Um, long story short, how the argument went, um, it got to a point where Christy um, just got <laughs> silent and she went upstairs. We were in the main floor. And now at that point, like, it turned into a scene from The Bachelorette. Like, I got really dramatic. I'm like, come, come back here. <laughs> don't you leave. Like, we're in the middle. And so, but it wasn't that dramatic. But I was just like, I was like, don't leave. Like, don't leave. Like, like I, because for me, like, when I'm in it, like, I want there to be a solution. Right? Like I just want to just suss this thing out, get rid of it, um, but she left. And so during that conflict, the reality was she was kind of more mad at me. I was just trying to defend stuff. I, I wasn't really angry. Um, but once she left, now I'm angry, right? And now we're both kind of mad at each other. And so this is just a preface. Since our twins have been born, we've had many sleeping arrangements that don't make sense. Um, so this particular night, <laughs> this particular night uh, when she left, she went up to the spare bedroom and I went down to the basement on a mattress. No one was in our king-size bed in our room. I'm not sure <laughs> what that was about. But she went upstairs. I went downstairs. And, um, you know, I, I, we kind of had a thing in between. And, like, about an hour or so later, um, Christy sends me a text. And uh, kind of like that olive branch, you know. And she's like, um, she's like, can you come upstairs so we can talk, please? And... Um, as I'm sitting there, you know, laying on my mattress in the basement, um, this, this is just the reality. This thought crossed my mind as I read that text. As I come upstairs, and she had just left. Like, I was not going to leave. Um, but when I read that text, the very first thing that came to my mind was like, no, I'm not coming upstairs because she doesn't deserve for me to come upstairs because she's the one that left. And as soon as I said I didn't deserve it, understand this. Like, a lot of times I feel impressions from God. I feel God, like, you know, leading in direction. But this time I felt very clearly the voice of God. And as soon as I said, I don't, I said, she doesn't deserve it, I felt the voice of God just say, neither do you. Amen. Neither did you, but I forgave you. Y'all have been slapped in the face before? <laughs> right? And so I went upstairs, we talked, we made up, and then we made out. Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> come on somebody but here's the, here's the, the we should have gone over this <laughs> word for word <laughs> here's the, the essence of it um, and the reason I said made out didn't take it further twins come on somebody <laughs> um, continue the essence of this and what I'm going for um, is that our love outflows from God, mm -hmm. right? How, how we learn to love in a marriage is based on the love of God. Yeah. Because like I said, human love is fleeting, human love is fading, <laughs> and so we need to lean on something higher than us. Yeah, it's good. I feel very exposed up here. Usually, usually when a story's told about me, like at least I'm kind of like facing him, not you guys, but that's okay. 
He would choose the one time in our entire relationship I was in the wrong to share, right? So good. Do you, no. you want to move on or do conflict still? What are you feeling? It's up to you. We can move on. Do you have anything to say, like pertinent? Um, you put me on the spot. Um, we can continue. Okay, I'll share. Um, I'll sh- uh, okay, we'll skip this. Um, I, I think what I want um, to just focus on was something that he said that's really good. You know, a, a conflict isn't, um, it's not a battleground. You know, I love when he said, um, we're a team, we win together, and we lose together. So, you know, we've had to learn, um, just like he said, you know, we're very different people, but we come together in conflict because we know we're going to be married for the rest of our lives. So two quick practical um, recommendations for married people and non-married people that we've had to learn. Uh, number one is never use the word always. Uh, what always does is it brings something from your past into your present conflict that has no place in being there. That's so good. The past is the past. You should have forgotten. Well, it, you should have forgiven, and then you should have forgotten. So quick, never use the word always. Uh, a second one is always use the word I. You know, what I does is, it does is it keeps that ownership on yourself. You know, I feel this way. I believe. I'm crying because I'm walking away. You know, as soon as you use that word you, you're putting that ownership on them and your spouse, your partner, whatever, they're going to become defensive. You know, you did this to me. You made me cry because. So, yeah, just keep that ownership on yourself. That's so good. Um, yeah, we don't even have time, but if you put the verse up, 1 Corinthians 13, um, all I want to see from it as we end commitment, um, love is patient, love is kind, love, all these things, but it says love keeps no record of wrongs. Yeah. This is so good. Um, if you're in a relationship and you're always keeping score, it's going to be a long life because the scoreboard's going to fill up real quick. But it says love keeps no record of wrongs. In other words, when the conflict is over, when it's resolved, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. That's just very practical. So we spent so much time on commitment. Um, but the reality is um, we're going to go a little over time today. Love y'all. Is that what we're going to do? Go over time? Yeah. Okay. Um, we've been doing we're this not a lot. Do part we've five been doing this a week. lot in this series. No. Okay. Um, going over time, so please forgive us. Uh, we're very committed as a church to be an hour long, um, but yeah, <laughs> love you guys. Uh, so, um, submission, Chris, let's get into submission. This one's big. Okay, so we're going to read Ephesians 5, 21 to 24. It says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit, to yourse- submit yourself to your husbands as you do the Lord. For the husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should also submit to your husbands and everything. Yikes. <laughs> submit. Come on, somebody. I, I, <laughs> you know, I really wish I could just, like, give a one-liner. You know, if your husband is willing to die for you, you should be able to submit to him. But the offense and the amount that women become tense off of this verse, like, it's really crazy, you know. The, the language that people... You know, I was talking to somebody, and their little their their sentence was literally, "I'm independent, I'm capable, I'm strong, I don't need a man." You know, we are strong, we are capable. You might not need a man, but if you're married, you have a man, right? So uh, we can either, as women, continue to you know lean into our flesh, lean into what society's telling us about gender roles and equality. We can continue to lean into you know our own truth. Or we can take a step back and just uh, recognize that, you know, as women, we were created by God. God created relationships. So, you know, if we um, believe that we have worth and intrinsic value in God, then he would never do anything to negate that. So just a a preface to this submission topic is, as women, let's just take a step back. Let's, you know, not be offended. Let's look at this verse as, you know, with a privileged perspective and not so much this, like, presupposed gender role perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I, before, before you speak, I just want to take a side note. I want to look at something um, in this verse, and it says, um, it says wives. So if you're not a wife, you don't need to be submitting to men. And, you know, it also says husbands. Come on, so uh, we, we as women, we can't be offended that we're submitting to men. You know, it's one man. It, it's our husbands. Yeah. So good. Uh, yeah, and one thing, like we said in this series, and we say it at our church, um, is that when the Bible says things that we might find difficult, 
we don't run from them. We lean into them, mm -hmm. and we want to find out what God is saying because we believe that as the Word of God is yeah. true, it's relevant. And, and and as we get through this, I, I think you're going to see a beauty, and y'all are going to be praying to submit after this, but because um, you need to understand what it is, right? The reality is when people get tensed up, um, it's because they don't understand what submission is. Yeah. Because people think submission is giving over control. He makes all the decisions. Uh, I have no say. I go and clean the kitchen. That's what people a lot of times associate submission with. But that has nothing to do with Paul um, is talking about. So what I want to do um, is I want to really suss out this word. Um, I want us to understand what submission means um, and what it looks like practically within a marriage. Because mm -hmm. um, Christy hit the nail on the head. Uh, it's literally wives to your husbands. Yeah. Um, it's not girlfriends to boyfriends. It's not uh, that dude that you work with. Like, it's just, it's, it's wives to husbands. So um, the reality is this. We need to understand the word submission. So this word, it, it's kind of origins. It is militaristic in a sense when it speaks about rank. That's kind of what the word is about. It's a, it's a ranking word. But the best definition of submission is this. It's choosing to yield to another's will. That's what submission is. It's choosing to yield to another's will. Now, if we break down submission even further, submission is two words. It's sub-mission. Mm -hmm. Sub means to go under, right? And mission, we know mission. So it's literally to come under the mission. Choosing to yield another's will and coming under their mission. So if we break this down very practically, the best and most like succinct definition, what Paul is saying, he's saying, wives, come under the mission of your husband. Yeah. Now a husband can say, all right, yeah, the mission's my, I set the mission. But look, I love this next part because this is what Paul says in Ephesians 5. Paul continues because the reality is this. You need to understand what the mission is. Paul says, husbands, what this means. You see, a lot of people get so offended, they don't make it to this verse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. I'm not reading anymore. That's all I need to know. That's the first century speaking. Paul says, this is what this means for you, husbands. If she's coming, under, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave his life up for her to make mm -hmm. her holy and to make her clean, yeah. washed by the cleansing of God's word. Yeah. So listen to this. This is literally what it's saying. He's saying, come under the mission. What is the mission? The mission of a husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. Amen. How did Christ love the church? Christ died for the church. Yeah. Christ gave up his life for the church. Christ literally said, my own comfort, my own plans, my own convenience is not as important as the church. Yeah. So I'm going to die for it. Listen for a second, husbands. What that's saying, you want to know what your mission is? Your mission is to put your wife's comfort ahead of your own is to put her feelings ahead. Of, we're to love like Christ. And I love what he says. It says to make her holy, to make her clean. Men, the reason that she submits to you is not to make you better. Yeah. It's not because you are better. It's because they're believing that you're following after Christ. And because you're following after Christ, because you're living a life worthy of following, I'm going to come under you. Listen, as the pastor of this church, when we started this church, the reality of why anyone came and joined our team, it's not me. It's because they're coming under the mission. Mm -hmm. Our mission is to reach people. And so the reality is our whole team does it, and I love it. They submit to me, but it's not because I deserve it. It's because I'm submitting to Christ. Yeah. And, we're fall and so it's the exact same thing in a marriage. That's what submission is. Mm -hmm. It's coming under the mission of your husband. But the reality is this. Listen. If you do not feel like you can submit to your husband, the problem isn't really you or your husband. It's the mission. It's that maybe you don't feel like he has the proper mission for your marriage and the mission for your church. And so this is super important for those who are dating because the Bible does not say girlfriends submit to your boyfriends. If you're dating someone and you do not, and this is just, I'm just speaking for women for a second. And Chris, she's going to hop in. But if you don't think that you can come under the mission of your current boyfriend because he has not shown that he has a mission, he has not shown that your needs are more important than his, you leave. Come on, somebody, you leave. People, listen, women think this sometimes. Well, if I'm married, then he'll value me more. Then he'll make me a priority. No, he won't. No, he won't. You want to know why you're going to hate submission? It's because he has the wrong mission. Yeah. 
But if your husband has the proper mission, if he's yielding to Christ, if his goal in life is, man, like, I want to make my wife better. And Christy's going to hit on it, but I feel like she knows, man, like, the mission of my life is, like, I want to, I want to make Christy better. I want to, I'm following the Lord so I can lead our family, so I can lead our marriage. And so that's what Christy submits to. Here's the reality of submission in, in a nutshell. You're not submitting to a person. Mm-hmm. You're submitting to a mission. Yeah. You can it's good. Hit on that. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I, I want to take a second to zoom in on a part of the verse that I think gets overlooked. It says, women, submit to your husbands as you do the Lord. So, you know, before we can ever submit to our husbands, we need to be submitting to the will of God in our lives. You know, if our lives aren't already led by God, we're never going to allow somebody else to have that leadership role in our lives. You know, I think just like Harrison said, that's why like the season of singleness, that season of preparation is so important. Um... Harrison touched on, you know, it takes an outside source. Submission is not easy. It's very humbling. And that outside source is God. So that's why following that will of God in our lives is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we are following and we agree that we need to be following the will of God in our lives and God's will is for us to submit to our husbands, then it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. We need to be submitting to our husbands. You know, and we aren't submitting to our husbands out of this obligated, legalistic, less than gender kind of way. You know, it's out of respect. It's out of honor. It's because he's led me in the past and I trust him to lead us in the future. You know, it's because he is faithful and he is honest and most importantly, because he is submitting to God's will in his life. You know, the Bible doesn't paint women as some less than equal gender. Proverbs 31, it it paints people, it paints women as capable, precious, working hard, energetic, profitable, no fear, strong, hard worker. Let's go. You know, you know, I, I believe, I believe a big reason that the Bible tells us women to submit to our husbands is to raise our husbands to a higher standard. You know, before Harrison and I got married, we we had marriage counseling, and the pastor told us to write down 20 expectations that we had of our spouse going into marriage. You know, Harrison's expectations were like, don't expect me to eat kiwis, don't interrupt me during the Bruins game, don't ask for a cat. Mine were a little bit deeper. You know, I... I, just jokes. <laughs> I, uh, one of my expectations was that I would feel comfortable submitting to Harrison. You know, uh, women, did you know that we're prophets in our homes? That what we speak will come to life in our partners? You know, setting the expectation that I would submit to Harrison because he was the leadership, the leader of our relationship allowed him to rise up to be the leader of our relationship. You know, from the very beginning, I was saying, Harrison, I'm going to submit to you, but my expectation is this. So as, you, as, you, as women raise that standard, the men will rise up to meet that potential. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, f- quick examples. I, I have a lot here, but I know we're going over, so I'm going to just do a summary notes of it. But, you know, women, we're prophets in our homes, even for little things. You know, when your husband comes home from the gym, Man, you're jacked right now. Uh, babe. That's like, just reality. Thank you for that orchid that you bought me two years ago. You know, it, when they take out the trash, you know, you're so attractive. Lean, <laughs> lean into your husband. Women, I'm not joking. Build your husband up. Speak life into them. You know, we'll have the most, like, muscular, orchid-buying, trash-taking-out men we could ever imagine. Like, raise their potential. You know, I think women, like, we get so heated and... Our feelings and emotions are always like on the tip of our tongue. So it's so easy to, you know, shut them down or demean them or or be quick and assume the worst. But, you know, men don't work like that. Harrison's talked about it before. Eve was literally created to be Adam's helper. Women were specifically designed to help men. You know, uh, God knew the moment he blew into it, the, to Adam's nostrils that men needed help. <laughs> Women were created to be that help. Believe the best in your husband. Speak life into them. You know, lean into them. Walk together, fulfilling that mission, just like Harrison was saying. 
You know, submitting to our husbands does the same thing. It says, here's the expectation, you know, here's the standard. And in you rising up, being that, being that humble and faithful leader, I'll submit to you out of respect, out of honor, out of love. It's my privilege. Come on, that's so good. Yeah, we can clap our hands for that. That was awesome. Yeah, I just want to. I want to just lean into this verse real quick, um, just so no one is confused. Um, let's go to First Peter three, verse seven. It says, "In the same way, your husbands, you husbands, must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered." Now, let me break this down for a second. Now, it's funny because, like, and I'm all for feminism in terms of men and women are equal. That's 100%. Uh, but like a first century woman, if she were ever to see a woman in 2020, like on Twitter complaining that like we're not equal, like she would laugh and be like, who taught you how to read and write? Um, so the reality is like maybe we're not where we need to be, uh, but we're certainly not where we used to be, right? right? And so the first century woman, um, so when, when, when Peter says you are weaker, it's not talking about strength. Because like I've seen Christy give birth. It's not about strength. <laughs> Right? Amen. It's, it's, literally, it's literally about status. Hmm. It's saying, women, like you have a, this is in the first century, of course. He's saying, you have a low status, right? You can't read, you can't write. Most of you guys, like you can't even be seen in public. But the reason the Bible is miles ahead of, of anything of its time is because of what he says next. Yeah. He says, guess what? That's so everyone sees women as weaker, but he says, she is your equal partner. Yeah. That's literally, literally thousands of years ahead. Yeah. The Bible's ahead. Jesus feminist. Come on, somebody. Now, here's the reality of it. And and we don't have time to really suss it out, so I'll kind of leave you guys wanting more. Um, But when it comes to the Bible, understand this. This is the biblical perspective. Men and women are equal. Super simple. But they're different. Yeah. Mm, But they're different. Men and women are equal, but they're different. Um, Like I said, we don't have a ton of time to to kind of suss that out. Intimacy. What do you want to do? Let's do it. Are you guys okay? Yeah. Okay. You want it? Uh, I don't know. Everyone says yes, but then I'm getting one signal in the back that says, wrap this thing up. Um, uh, I don't know who that was from. If that's a devil back there, but. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll do intimacy fast, really fast. Um, just because I'll just hit on some principles. First um, Corinthians 7 says this. Uh, the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over, to, over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Now, the simplest thing I could really say for intimacy is have sex uh, if you're married. That's, it's biblical. But what we learned last week and throughout this series is that sex is more than just physical. Right? There's other components to it. And so when Paul, when Paul says fulfill her needs uh, both ways. Uh, he's, he's talking about more than just sex. And the idea is that the sexual need of a man and a woman is more than just physical. Everyone following? So Chris, really quickly, suss that out because Ember does not want it anymore. <laughs> like from a woman's yeah. perspective? Yeah. Um, like quick. Okay. Uh, um, so, <laughs> wow, intimacy. Okay. So um, I, I guess... The, the biggest point that we need to get out of this from a woman's perspective is that um, women, we need intimacy before being intimate. Does that make sense? Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so don't be quick. That's, yeah, that was the men's perspective right there. Just be quick. Um, yeah, so just like for guys, you know, sex is a literal need for guys. Um, it's literally like thirst for water, you know, for women, we have this need for intimacy before being intimate. You know, it's just like we need to fulfill their need, which is a privilege because we're the only ones that can fulfill that need. Uh, You know, they need to fulfill our need of intimacy, you know, of of our love language, no matter what that is, you know, cleaning the kitchen, saying you appreciate me, uh, buying me flowers, you know, fulfill that intimacy. And, you know, I promise once both needs for intimacy are fulfilled, your intimacy life, your intimate life will, will, will rise to the potential that it should be. Yeah. So good. Um, Are we yeah. skipping this? Are we skipping everything? Yeah. Okay. The essence is, is when it comes to intimacy, um, 
is men and women oftentimes are loved different ways. Um, they have love languages that are different from each other. Sometimes they're the same. And so really, like, and this is so good too, like, especially for singleness, um, is realizing how you like to be loved so then you can tell your partner how you want to be loved. Because um, a lot of times men are just dumb and they can't figure it out. Um, so if you don't, but if you don't know yourself how you, how you want to be loved, don't expect him to figure it out, yeah. right? So it's being open with communication. Yeah. And so here's kind of the main point that we wanted to say um, when it comes to intimacy is that transparency leads to intimacy. Yeah. So you need to be transparent with each other. You need to be open with each other. And that's where intimacy lies. Yeah. And so here's the thing, men, although you may think that your sexual desire is strictly physical, it's not. You also desire something more. But the problem with men a lot of times is we don't know how to process our own emotions. And so we can't actually talk about what we're feeling. We know we're feeling something, but we're not sure what it actually is. And so kind of to wrap everything up when it comes to intimacy, for a man, for a woman, it is so important that you know how you want to be loved because intimacy lies in that. Um, and so that's kind of the best way to fulfill each other's needs. I know that we really um, rushed through that, but um, we just want to thank you guys so much <laughs> for being here. Can we just stand? Let's just stand uh, kind of as we close. Um, this is officially the longest service in Kingdom Church history. Um, it's not that long. Some of you guys, I know, have been in church for like three hours. We didn't even um, get through half of our stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quick. Um, but let me close with this verse, First John chapter 4. As we close, it says, no one has ever seen God, mm -hmm. but if we love one another, God lives in us, and so his love is made complete in us. Yeah, it's good. The reason we're so passionate about relationships, the reason we're so for relationships, whatever type of relationship, is because we can actually and literally see God within yeah, them. Exactly. Within a healthy marriage, you will see God. Within a healthy family, you will see God. Mm -hmm. And so we're so for marriage. Um, we got something special next week. We'll try to figure things out so we have better time management. Um, but we just love you guys. We thank you guys. Let's just pray together. Uh, dear Jesus, we just thank you so much for relationships. We thank mm -hmm. you so much for this opportunity to come up here and, and speak together yeah. and pray together. Um, and just we just thank you, God. Um, we pray for healing over every relationship. Mm -hmm. um, we pray that these words can just penetrate into our hearts. Mm -hmm. um, we love you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you want more information, if you'd like to visit us in person, head over to our website, kingdomchurch.ca, and plan your visit today. We can't wait to meet you. Until next time, take care.